0: How you doing? This is Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. My name is Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm TJ Miller. And right now you're listening to Sandra Carusi. The one and only Sandra Carusi. Carusin'
1: on down the listening highway. Welcome to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Talk Radio, AM 640 and HD Radio.
0: Another special edition of Inside Jokes. I'm Sandra Carusi. Thanks for joining me. I have some heavy hitters, some people who make comedy happen in the country Uh, This show is everything to do with comedy. It's stand-up comedians, it's sketch artists, it's screenwriters, but also a very big part of it is the people who make it happen, the people who give the opportunity for comics to work in this country and also a place to learn. And uh, on our panel and on our show today, we have two pretty powerful guys in the world of comedy in Canada. I'm just going to say that. What do you think? Mark Breslin, you know the name?
2: People fear me.
0: Fear me. Creator, founder of the Yuck Yucks brand <laughs> across Canada. Yes. And co-creator with Joe Curtis of the Humber College Comedy Program. hmm And with us, we have Andrew Clark, who is the current director of Humber's Comedy Writing and Performance Program. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks. I,
2: I used to fear Mark, but I don't did you? really fear him. He well. got to know me and realized That's that right. it was all a sham.
0: <laughs> is it? Where did you first meet?
1: I was writing for a now defunct magazine called iWeekly about oh my comedy gosh. and I wrote a large uh feature on comedy in Toronto and I sat down with Mark uh and that's how we met that's the very first time when we met. was that uh back in probably 91 mm-hmm. or 92 yeah probably around then, then. yeah Mark we did a cover and when did your book come out my I did a book on Canadian comedy called Stand and Deliver that came out in
2: 1997 yeah mm-hmm. I should just interrupt here and say it is the book on is Canadian it? comedy
0: and and it features Jim Carrey, Sandra Seamus, the cast of SCTV, and the Kids in the Hall.
1: And Mark. There's a and whole Mark. chapter on Mark and As the Yuck Yucks experience. And interestingly
2: enough, I think maybe Andrew and a lot of people thought I would be offended by the way that he treated me in the book. Mm-hmm. But actually, I found it quite flattering. Okay,
0: why is that? What did you do, Andrew? Warts and all. Well, I everything. Mean, what a... you're accused of, what you're known for, what you're not known for?
1: It was a combination of... Well, it's interesting. Mark was a very honest and forthcoming interview. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that, mm-hmm. the the material was truthful. Right. And that generally scares publishers. In fact, with my publisher at the time, really, it was a real bruja because we had told them from day one that certain chapters in the book would probably need to be lawyered <laughs> um, and Mark's was one. And it, not because I, I knew that it was absolutely fine, but in journalism, you always get stuff lawyered. Okay. And um, I had a book launch at the Rivoli, and Mark attended, and, and it was great. And I, I mean, I, I, by that time, I had, I had developed an, a lot of respect for, for mm-hmm. what Yuck Yucks had done. And when we talk about Yuck Yucks, we're talking about what
2: Mark has done. And, but you, but know. you know what? I mean, it's not banking, There's a reason I went into this business because it's a much – it's kind of loosey-goosey with things and morality is always gray. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people have tempers. They're allowed to express themselves. This is one of the reasons I did it and why I wanted to go go into it. So I'm not ashamed of, you know, blowing my stack at a particular time. I don't do that so much anymore just because I'm older. But I I had no problem with that. In fact, I'm kind of proud of it. Mm -hmm.
1: It was what was required. And I think if you work in the business – on, on this side of it in other mm-hmm. words um, managing talent dealing with talent really really funny people mm-hmm. the idea yeah. that you could get through that without
0: get <laughs> occasionally yeah. right. is
1: pretty pie in the sky right you know? so uh, you need you know, grit to get through and if through you it. read you a, to... a, there's a book out called The Comedians by Cliff Nesteroff just came out when you when you nice. look at how uh, comedy and clubs were run in the 50s and 60s and 70s in the states it makes whatever may or may not have happened up here uh look like uh, uh mr was dress up yeah. uh well not even not it wasn't just cutthroat down there i mean people were beaten almost killed perhaps what? killed the clubs yeah. were run by the mafia the yeah clubs the
2: clubs were run, oh. By, oh. run by the mob <laughs> um and, the, uh, and it's a <laughs> double-edged sword because uh you know the in the book a lot of the interviews that they had with the comics said hey you know what." We never thrived as much as we did under uh, the mob when they ran when they ran the nightclubs because uh, we had a lot of freedom. Um, You could kind of argue with with them over a point and they would let you win sometimes. It was not corporate in the concept that we have of corporate now. And um,
0: okay, let's first of all, let's define mob comparatively to an agent. (laughs) And what is the difference?
2: well or
0: the yuck yucks chain no i'm just saying you take a cut of what they're doing no, 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 no? no the what mobsters
2: beat people up okay that's yes. the difference
0: it's okay, the, the violence
1: is
2: kind of a deal breaker they, they, on, for
1: most people I'm
0: Italian, okay i, they, I get a little sensitive around well the
1: they well in 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 uh, the book it's not just uh, say a sicilian or italian mafia either it's it's organized crime which would include different kinds of organized crime mm-hmm. but but in, to get it back to, say, comedy in Canada, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the reason that there was a whole chapter on Yuck Yucks and Mark is that the decisions that were made around how Yuck Yucks would grow mm-hmm. had an enormous impact on how comedy happened in Canada. First and wow. foremost, the idea of booking Canadian comedians. Mm-hmm. I'll, I teach a course in the history of comedy at Humber College where yes. I run the comedy program there. And I'll ask them, how many Canadian movies have you seen in the last month? You know, yeah. cric- cricket sound effect. And yeah. then I say, how many Canadian comedians have you seen? Right. And it's a, I say it's a direct uh, choice because there was a moment when Catch a Rising Star or the comedy store, the improv, could have come up to Canada mm-hmm. and l- put their little branch plants into effect, brought up American comedians, right. and there wouldn't be any Canadian stand-up. It would be just like the film business. But that didn't happen because Yuck Yucks was able to get enough momentum, have enough clubs that they could give enough work to the Canadian comedians, for better or for worse. When
2: I first started, I mm-hmm. had two real goals that went beyond simple business goals of you know making a profit. And one of those goals was to establish a Canadian stand-up industry that would hire Canadians first. Mm-hmm. The second one was about uh, freedom of speech and that we would always back comics uh, who wanted to talk about yep. transgressive issues. Yep. So, you know, because of that, there's a Cana- I, I like to think there's a Canadian stand-up industry. Yeah. When I started, um, we didn't have that many great headliners in the country, and mm-hmm. I would go to New York, and I would buy American acts, but I would buy them really selectively. I would mm-hmm. only do it occasionally, and they had to be doing something that no other Canadian comic was doing. Interesting. So... You know, we brought in all the people like like Stephen Wright and um, Gilbert Gottfried. Before any of them were famous, Sam Mm -hmm. Kinison, Jerry Seinfeld, because these were significant acts. We don't want to put up a Berlin Wall of culture. But we also want to...
0: Book roughly ninety yeah.
2: percent of the actually there's still a book. business.
0: You still need people through the door. We're going to talk with Mark Breslin and uh, Andrew Clark, the director of Humbers Comedy Writing and Performance Program, and a very accomplished um, journalist here in the country. I'm Santa Cruzie on a special edition of Inside Jokes on Talk Radio AM six forty.
1: Hi, this is Inside Jokes. I'm Jeremy Hotz. It's not my show. It's Cruiser's show. And it's on Talk Radio AM 640, which you know because you're listening.
0: And we're back on Inside Jokes. I'm Sandra Carusi with Andrew Clark, the director of Humber College Comedy Writing and Performance Program, uh, but also very well known uh, for two national magazine award nominations in the humor category. Um, And he has written Stand and Deliver. And also uh, a great documentary, the next Bec- uh, the next big thing uh, about, and it tracks uh, six young stand up comedians. That's right,
1: yeah. Six uh, we took uh, six unknown comedians, or not really unknown, but promising mm-hmm. comedians, and followed them for eighteen months, and at the end of it. Uh, Sean Majumder had yeah. his own show on Fox. It was quite a wild experience. And of course, most of them now have pretty good careers. Of
0: course, Laurie Elliott, Dave Martin, Nikki Payne, Jason Rouse, and Christine Von Hagen. When did you do that documentary?
1: We started work on that in 2000. Wow. And finished, I believe it was released in 2003. It was a three part series on uh, public television here in Canada and then the Biography Channel, I think, and public television in mm-hmm. the States.
0: Because at the Hot Dogs Festival, um, they featured an American uh, documentary, Three Still Standing, uh, very similar to what you did. I should uh, sue please.
1: them. Uh, get them. <laughs> Go get them. I can't believe someone did a documentary on comedy. It's That's terrific. Shocking. I'm glad to hear That's that. That's the one it's with Will Durst, nice. right? Will Durst, yeah. right?
0: We, right? We talked about that with Mark Breslin with us as well. Um, sorry, Andrew Clark, I wanted to ask you, why did you choose humor? Why the category?
1: Well, I, I mean, I think the thing of it is, do you can choose it, or does it, is it just what you do? Mm-hmm. I think that, mm. like a lot of people, that's just how I see things. Okay. Um, Interesting. I've always been into comedy, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the thing that maybe made me a little different uh, when I started writing about comedy was this decision to write about comedy, to not, say, perform stand-up or do improv, mm-hmm. but I was going to be a critic. I was going to review comedy and right. write about comedy because I thought it was an art. Yes, and back in say ninety two, that yes. was somewhat of a revolutionary idea, and and I would get in enormous arguments with mm-hmm. some editors. Some of others were very you know supportive, saying we should, you know, be covering this new comic or this guy Jim Carrey's got a movie called Ace Ventura coming out, mm-hmm. or have you heard of this person or that person? And that's sort of I think maybe what separated me a little bit. I've always written funny stuff for print. Um, but writing about, about it, about right. comedians, and and what is why does it work? You know, and, that's been my thing, and
0: know? that's what I'm trying to do with this show, Inside Jokes, to kind of give a voice to, um, to perpetuate kind of what you guys have both done for the industry in Canada. Mark Breslin, of course, a big, um, I guess impresario and a person who started it all. Well, I'm trying in the 70s. to put the
2: imp back in impresario,
0: <laughs> actually. <laughs> of course, still very funny. You're doing a lot of. Um, engagement uh speaking engagements a lot of stuff at universities now uh, how are you spending your time now
2: uh watching television Netflix. and uh <laughs> you know trying to bring up my five-year-old
0: yes you're busy there you of course curate the curator of the comics for the massey hall new year's eve uh, celebration. Yeah, 15 years. Sean Majumder was the headliner this year. We Peter sold Anthony. U- we sold out this year, which sold great. out. I heard it was fabulous. The comics were really There excited. were no
2: slow moments. And usually when you book a um, you know a show with eight comics on, somebody mm-hmm. just doesn't quite do it. Mm-hmm. But this year, complete... Uh, yeah. What goes in the selection?
0: Great. What goes in the selection process? Well, like that. you
2: know, I mean, I, I be, I'm a big believer in diversity. Mm-hmm. Now that's a loaded word mm. because we usually think of diversity meaning uh, in terms of race or gender, and that's true. I also believe in that too. But I also believe in diversity in a show in terms of the speed of attack of a comic. Um,
0: what do you mean by that? Speed of attack? Well,
2: some comics talk quick and some comics talk slow. Wow. So
0: so you you factor that in to your booking.
2: If you talk to any director, they'll tell you they paint in dark and light. Interesting. And similarly, I like to paint in fast and slow. Mm -hmm. So uh, I try to make that happen. I try to uh, uh, oscillate between sad clowns and funny clowns Mm -hmm. um, and happy clowns. There's different kinds of clowns. And Mm -hmm. some people have a real kind of sad attitude towards towards life, which they express in their comedy. And others have a really happy uh, attitude. And I try to oscillate between those. Um, I try to uh, change it up for... Uh, ethnic, sexual uh, Mm -hmm. variations. I certainly go go between the poles of clean and dirty. So you try to put all those things together so that every time somebody walks on a stage, it's a bit different. Mm -hmm. Different is good in comedy. Novelty is good in comedy.
0: Andrew, you were talking about in the 90s trying to convince an editor to do something on comedy, right? Yes. Some of your stuff. And um, I want to ask you guys about the climate of comedy. I think the genre, correct me if I'm wrong, is the genre not really hot right now? Because my understanding... like when we look at Netflix who are generating so much great comedy programming Um, Game of Thrones uh, if we're just talking about in general six six million to produce but if you just put a a, um, comic on stage with a mic it's a lot less you get greater profits am I right the genre is hot right now
1: well I I mean I think that comedy is definitely booming Mm -hmm. particularly stand up it's benefited from the fact that you could go online see a comedian and then decide to go see them live Seeing a comedian online doesn't kill the urge to go see them live. Yeah, it used to be, God. hey, there's there's this comic Zach Galifianakis, we ought to mm-hmm. go see him. And then my friend says, well, what is he like? And then I do some bad version yeah. of Zach, <laughs> and he goes, I don't want to see that. Now I can send a link. What do you think? And they're in. So mm-hmm. now you you see a lot more sort of it's almost like the old days of vaudeville where guys mm-hmm. are selling out big seats. So I think it's on the ascendancy. I think that the slice of the pie now required has shrunk. And so you can have more comedy that's specifically targeting an audience, like a show that's a funny, weird show, Mike Tyson uh, Mysteries, an Mm -hmm. animated thing (laughs) in which Norm MacDonald plays a pigeon, you know, is on air. (laughs) That would never happen before. So I think that's all happening. Now, whenever comedy booms, it suffers from that. So I think there's also a diluted pool. When I started writing about comedy, if I went to Yuck Yuck's, on one night I might see Harlan Williams Jeremy Hotz Lawrence Morgan these guys whoa and now you'll go to some of these open mics and let's just say that's not the case so
0: well that's Andrew Clark for the director of Humber's comedy writing and performance program Mark Breslin with us we're going to hear more after the break on that very topic I'm Santa Carusi on Inside Jokes on Talk Radio AM 640
2: This is Kay Trevor Wilson. You're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi. keem Optical makes fine, fine eyewear.
0: Andrew Clark, we were just talking about, uh, before the break, open mic nights and what we're seeing there. Um, now, part of the program, the Humber College Comedy Program, that was co-created by Mark Breslin, um, has a whole open mic, uh, I think it's Tuesday nights at 7.30 at the Richmond Street location, Correct. Mark. Um, and what are we seeing at the open mic nights, both of you? Andrew.
1: Well, for, for for the people who are just getting into the program, for some of them, it might be their first moment on stage, mm-hmm. and then that we have that that night runs all year long for our students and, and alumni who can also go on. And it's a chance for them to start to build their craft. I mean, Mm -hmm. to do stand-up well, and this is something the program firmly adheres to, you have to be out doing it. So when we have Mm -hmm. guys or girls who are really into doing stand-up, they're probably out five, six nights a week doing multiple shows per night to get good. Yuck Yucks is the anchor of all that. Mm -hmm. And I'm a huge proponent of working in a club like Yuck Yucks, where you're getting cross-section of people it's fine to go to open mics where three-quarters of the audience are other comics. there's know. nothing wrong with that at a certain point in your career oh, but it, it you know don't kid yourself you need to be able to score yeah. in front of a real crowd and that's partly what Yuck Yucks, uh, can give us they still Mark, have to you know the, work their way
2: the value of Yuck Yucks and a club like it is that it appeals to a very broad group of people mm-hmm. and because of that Um, If you're performing there, you're not just performing for a jury of your peers, which is all – they're already on your side. Mm -hmm. Um, You get people coming to my club who are what I'd call moderate users Mm -hmm. of of comedy. Um, They're occasional – they have an occasional interest. Um, They're not people who comb the the internet on a daily basis following different acts. They're people who go out to a comedy show maybe three, four times a year. And they know Yuck Yucks is a good choice because they went there before. They liked everybody that they saw. They'll go back. Um, If you quiz them at the end of the show, who did you like? They won't remember any names. I know. Um, That's the value of it is that you're actually being able to test your material in front of people who are a general audience, the same general audience that you might find on network television yes or on a a corporate show or uh, a fundraiser in a small town Um, that's the advantage of it
0: you guys are touching on something mark uh, breslin i had the joy of interviewing you on my podcast well joy is a
2: strong word
0: joy it was fun pleasure i asked you a question and i I loved it and i said what's the future of uh comedy and you told me to get lost because if you knew you wouldn't tell me anyway uh no but you said a lot of smaller rooms 30 people rooms
2: well, you know, I'm I'm I've opened up my my ba- my second bathroom in my house. Um <laughs> every Thursday night, it seats one. Open yeah. uh, but uh but the audience is is there's they're really glued to their seats. <laughs> Andrew Clark. We have students who are doing
1: shows in their apartments. Are Seriously. you serious? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so just popular for the shows. stage time.
0: Popular, well, popular shows. Popular
1: shows 20 30 people in a, in a what two bedroom or one Why? bedroom apartment. Why not? They're okay. crazy for comedy. Don't have to pay rent. And they don't have yes. to, they're they're just doing anything. You know, that's yes. what I think is great. I mean, the thing about comedy in general, whether it's stand-up or sketch, you know, the average person, just like the average person doesn't necessarily understand how hard it is to write a poem, right. it doesn't realize how incredibly difficult it is. Right. But I'll say to the students, but it's also incredibly, unbelievably fun. So mm-hmm. you've got something that's unbelievably
2: difficult, Mark? That you're gonna to have to work at. that's great. There's a limitation to all of this, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing the internet has done um, is created an industry where there are no such thing as an outsider artist. And that's true in comedy, music, uh, visual arts, all kinds of things. Okay, everybody what do you mean ha- outsider arts? Well, everybody now has eight fans. Okay. So nobody feels that they're completely on the outside. You'd think that was a good thing, but not necessarily. Hmm. I think generally, um, there's too much entertainment. Um, in the mm-hmm. world now mm-hmm. and it's all canceling each other out and you can't watch all the good television shows because there's just too many of them you can't go watch all the good movies because there's just too many of them and you can't go to see all these comics because there's just too many of them when I started um, in 1976 mm-hmm. There were maybe a dozen credible comics in the country, a dozen in the wow. entire country, mostly centered in Toronto and some in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say in Toronto, there's, well, we have 152 signed clients um, across the country, of mm-hmm. which 100 are in Toronto, roughly Toronto or Ottawa. Um, and then there must be another 500 comics in the area who could do a credible 10 minutes.
0: So what does it take to be- get on the roster at Yuck Yucks then?
2: Originality. Um, but
0: there's so many original. There's no, gotta be...
2: actually no? there aren't. No, no. Um, okay. We're looking for real originality, and that really means writing. Writing to me mm. is more important than performance because you can kind of teach a writer how to perform, mm-hmm. but you can't teach a performer how to write. You've got the writing or you don't have the writing skill. Wow. And it all starts to me with, with writing skill.
0: You could teach a writer to perform?
2: Yeah, you just keep having them do it over and over and okay. over again. And if I can give you an example of somebody who did that, I will point to Glenn Foster. Yes, Um, the Canadian guy. That's right. Now, when the Canadian guy started, he did every joke (laughs) like this. But, boy, were those jokes good. And through repetition and hard work, he learned how to perform them. And he's a good performer now. Yes. Uh, But he's not a natural performer, as some people are. Mm -hmm. But natural performers, sometimes they're all... You know, uh, fireworks and pyrotechnics. And at the end, there's very little content there. So we're really looking for good writers, and that's how we start. But it's got to be original. Um, We like people to have what we call an iconic flaw. Uh, But what what we mean by that is um, something in their stage personality that indicates something that in any other context might be negative, Mm -hmm. but in the context of of performance is positive. I'll give you a couple of examples. Woody Allen is Mm. um, neurotic. Uh, Roseanne Barr is uh, vulgar. vulgar. (laughs) Um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld is fussy. If you knew these people in real life and they had those kinds of personality flaws, you wouldn't want to know them. But exaggerated upon a stage, that's what makes it funny. So we're looking for people who have character.
1: yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned Woody Allen. Woody Allen was someone who didn't want to perform, who was forced to push by his management to wow. do stand up and hated doing it for the longest period of time. Interesting. So I think you definitely can. I mean, what we see in our, our students come in, most, a lot of them out of high school, and mm-hmm. We're there for two years to try to get them as much experience and knowledge as we can. And then they're ready to pay their dues. Mm -hmm. We would never say to anybody, hey, you go to Humber, and then you get your comedy card. You go to any Yuck Yucks, show it at the door, and say, what time am I going on? That's not how it works. You do two years. Hopefully, you're ready to get some action going, and then you go and pay your dues. Now, it works out. We have great alumni, Nathan Fielder, who has his Mm -hmm. show on Comedy Central. Uh, Rebecca Huge. Adelman, who's a Steph senior Tolove. writer at the... Yeah. St- there are too many to mention, yes. but they all pay their dues. So yes. you, you know, it's just, it's a long process. So let's seven years at uh, least.
2: Yeah, it's about a seven-year cycle to, if you've got talent, to go from amateur seven night years. at least Okay, to, we're going to talk about that. Yeah,
0: it's like uh, medical school. With Andrew Clark and Mark Breslin on Inside Jokes, Talk Radio AM 640.
1: Hi, this is Sugar Sammy, and you're listening to Inside Jokes
0: with Sandra the Cruiser Carusi. mm mm gotta get me some of that. This is a favorite show of mine right now. I know I say that all the time, but no, really, this time is. Mark Breslin and Andrew Clark, because these guys are very powerful guys, in comedy and I think if you're getting into comedy or even if you're already there on roster this is stuff you kind of want to know and if you're just a comedy fan that's what this show is about here on Inside Jokes Andrew Clark we were talking to you uh, with you and Mark Breslin before the break about how many years and Mark you said seven years I
2: think Andrew said seven and I agreed with him it could be longer it could be a little shorter but in the whole history of for instance for instance of Humber graduating students there's I think only twice that we took people on the roster right out of um, right out of the Mm -hmm. gate Usually it's somewhere between a five- and a seven-year arc. Can I they ask- have to be able to hold themselves on a stage with the most professional comics in the country, so they have to be good.
0: Okay, but in the old days, yes. Lawrence Morganstern, who we know very well, was, yes. what, 17 years old. His first time on stage, he took him on roster. I know it was a different time. It
2: was a different time. but okay. There was no competition then. It's all supply and demand. Okay,
0: Everything's right. a supply and demand And we're up against the internet now. Like, YouTube sensations. Let's talk about that.
2: They have absolutely no impact on my business.
0: YouTube sensations. No. Like one uh, Lily uh Singh, Sing. yeah.
2: Yeah, they wouldn't she wouldn't she wouldn't do it's stand up. Not the same
0: crowd. Well, yeah. she wouldn't do stand up. But she's filling stadiums around the world.
2: That's right. But she's not doing <laughs> clubs. And that's the thing about okay. YouTube sensations. They're you're nobody and then you're so big that, you know, you're you're performing in uh, 10,000 seat arenas.
0: Andrew, some of your um students want to be the next They already are, some of them. We have Mm -hmm. a guy
2: who graduated
1: last year. He's coming actually back to college to do a talk with our students next week. Nice. Uh, Curtis Connor. Yes. uh, Huge on Vine Mm -hmm. and um, Twitter and has, you know, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers and uh, spent the summer touring the States and making appearances as T-shirts has a management company that manages his YouTube channel. It's uh, Good for him. It's a big business. I think it's a completely generational divide. It is uh, targeting children Mm -hmm. and teenagers who are watching it on their phones or on their Mm -hmm. iPads. And I think that it it is a kind of a metaphysical thing of... Being in the presence of the thing that influences you through the TV. I mean, mm-hmm. that's basically what it is. And I want to talk that's about... That's want to see them live. It's
2: not particularly sophisticated comedy that's no. being done on these channels. Nope.
0: Okay. So, uh, let's talk about the business side of comedy.
2: I thought we were doing that.
0: Yes. No. The chin-ching on, on targeting and demographics. And let's right. talk about that. So. Oddball uh, Comedy Festival, which was uh, at the amphitheater Mm -hmm. over the Labor Day weekend. Uh, For example, I'm in the advertising. That's my background, sold it on radio. So when these festivals often uh, are buying ads, they look for a younger demographic, right? Because those are the people who are going to show up to some of these festivals. Well,
2: you have to be careful with that word younger. Younger can mean so many different things because micro-demographics are, I think what a 20-year-old is interested in is very different from what a Mm 26-year-old is interested in. Yet I would still consider them both youthful. So what do you mean by young?
0: Interesting, uh, as opposed to 50, that's 35, right. or 45 plus.
2: Yeah, that's not really the Yuck Yuck's audience.
0: No, okay, let me go back. Adults 25-54 is one of the biggest buying demographics in, for all advertisers in Canada. Well, they're wrong. Yes, they're wrong they're, because have nothing the, to do with that's each right. Other. The twenty-five-year-old has you. nothing to do with the fifty-four-year-old. Go talk to the ad agency. That's my on next this.
2: appointment. Please. actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of the entire exactly. multi-billion-dollar business. Um, so the young comics, obviously young in age, Andrew, the, are they the students in your program at Humber? Are there any older people, let's say forty-five, who want to get into it?
1: Very rarely, mm-hmm. uh, um, they'll tr- they'll audition, and if they're if they're make the standard of the program, we'll accept them. Uh, if someone comes to me at 50, and I do get this occasionally, mm-hmm. saying, you know, I, I've always wanted to do comedy, I'm funny, I, I'd really like to give it a go, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say, look, you know, you you, you could come to Humber if, if you pass the audition but you might want to just consider going out and doing it at this stage. Uh,
2: because? It takes 10 years to become a comic. Yeah. Oh, dear. He'll be yeah. dead before he's good. <laughs>
1: yeah, you really, you just have to get while the getting's good. You know what I mean? And that's that's basically, I think, the idea of, of losing your job and spending two years yeah, uh, around younger people. God bless them. Yeah. Isn't every 50-year-old's dream? So I would be cautious about that.
2: The demographic, the demographic for older artists of any kind is iffy. I'll give yes. you an example. Look, James, you go to see James Taylor, mm-hmm. and it's packed, right? right, with a lot of people my age, mm-hmm. you know, people 40 45 to, 40 yeah. to 60, 70 even. Yeah. Um, but that's because people discovered him when they were younger. Right. And they followed him all the way through that's his right. career. But if somebody started now to try to be James Taylor, a new James Taylor, mm-hmm. and he was 65 years old, breaking into the business, right.
1: no matter how good his
0: material yeah, was, that's true.
2: I don't think he'd do very well.
0: Right. Yeah. That's and a fair...
1: Comedy is one place where you mm-hmm. actually can be older. Like our students think someone like Louis C.K. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Or, right. Or they love Joan Rivers, you know, yes. God rest her. But um, those people have all been doing... Louis C.K. didn't just start Yes. doing comedy. Okay. So, you know, that's that's what I would say. I would it's don't quit your day job, just do comedy.
0: When I was in my early 20s and there was in the, I was in the certificate program because uh-huh. I had a university degree so I got to fast track and there were guys in their 40s and 50s who wanted to be on radio. And I don't think nobody t- anybody told them back then like starting radio at 45 probably is not going to happen. Probably
1: not. I mean, <laughs> nowadays uh, with podcasts, although maybe that's peaked out, yes. you could. I mean, the one thing about radio is you know, you're, you whatever. You're not seen, so it could be less, you know, less of a deterrent. But um, generally,
2: hard to be in a glamour field if
1: you're not glamorous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Face you, you a radio. Can't kid yourself. You should. That's the one thing about comedy. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Mark would agree is probably the people who are successful. I think they understand what it is they do or whatever that makes them funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, my students will, you know, talk about edgy material and that, and I'll talk about someone like Ray Romano mm-hmm. who can write really dirty or edgy jokes mm-hmm. but he knows i'm ray romano mm-hmm. that's not how i'm funny professionally yes so he'll give those jokes to a friend yes because they're not going to work for i love him. that about comics. you got to know yeah. what it is that you and your do. persona
0: and yeah. your comic identity yeah. okay this is great andrew clark uh, from the humber college uh, radio or uh, comedy program and mark breslin on inside jokes talk radio am 640. Hey, I'm South African comedian Trevor Noah, and you're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Talk Radio AM 640. Mark Breslin and Andrew Clark in studio with me on Inside Jokes. Welcome back, fellas. So much interesting. Are you still, uh, do I have you engaged? Yes. are engaged. <laughs> Riveted? I didn't
2: even think we were going steady, but okay.
0: <laughs> so what I hear from comics in the studio often, off mic, um, kind of when I ask them, where is the industry at? And they're saying a lot of comics are going to L.A. right now because the climate in Canada is not there. There's not enough comedy clubs. There's people undercutting each other. Um, it's just not a good place to grow. What do you guys say about that, Andrew Clark?
1: Well, Los Angeles has always been a larger uh, pool because of mm-hmm. the economy, the scale down in the States. There are people undercutting one another in Los Angeles, believe it or not, as oh, yeah. we speak, no doubt. Um I think that there's probably never been a better or, quite frankly, easier time to do comedy. In Canada? In Canada than now. Why? Uh, there are jobs that people can get, you know, on, th- on t- writing for TV shows. Uh, there was a time when if you didn't have a show on the CBC, that was it. You, there was nobody no had choices. a show. Yeah. Uh, when you wanted to tour, you if you wanted to do your own shows well you didn't have the internet or facebook right. to get the word out you 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 know so from my vantage point it's actually a very good time to be doing comedy. In now, Canada. if you you will rarely, and we could get in the time machine and head back to the to the Greeks, to Aristophanes, through to the Romans, <laughs> you will never find an era when there were comedians sitting around talking about how great everything was. That is just not necessarily in their DNA. Wow. Mark? So, you know.
2: Well, there's some nice things about being able to do your work here in Canada. One yes. of them is... The relative free speech that you have here in Canada as opposed to oh, the United States. Okay. Um, there's a Bible Belt in okay. the United States. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds, it's much more corporate um, mm-hmm. about what you can and can't do in some ways, and at, at a network level. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, on the internet. Podcast, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the paying side, which is what yes. it's all about, it's all about professionalizing this business and getting paid for your work. Right. Um, but we just don't have the critical mass of audience here yeah. that makes it possible for somebody to make a living outside of 10 people. How many comedy millionaires do you think there are in the States? Right. Well, probably hundreds if you include everybody who's written on shows. Those people make really big money. Right. How many do you think there are here in Canada? Five, mm-hmm. maybe 10. Okay, who are they? I don't know Rick Mercer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if Mike Bullard saved his money, um, <laughs> uh, maybe some of the people from this hour is twenty two minutes, maybe a couple of the kids. there's just there's not yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. that's for sure. There's Jerry D. I mean mm-hmm. it's it's a small, small list. And the real frustration is this. Um, if you go to the States, if you go to Los Angeles, you're on a, in a comedy club, there's somebody there in the audience who might actually be able to do you yeah. some good. Here in Canada, there's no one who could do you some good. Uh, how many chorus executives – how many chorus yeah. executives are, are in the audience at Yuck Yucks every night? Yeah, no. None, zero. No. And that's true for everything because nobody's yeah. looking, dying to make entertainment here. Yes. Um, everybody who's in development at any network or any studio is the minister in charge of the word no. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do. They say no. they put people who are really nice who can say no nicely because yes. no is what you hear almost all the time.
1: And yet there's never been more Canadian com- comedy shows on TV than now.
0: Wow. Uh, think
1: about it. Think about all the sitcoms. Think about there's more than one sketch show on TV right mm-hmm. now. Oh, CBC you probably know. has never had this so many sitcoms as before. It's, it's, it's not anything like you'd get in Los Angeles mm-hmm. where you can get jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get up for stuff. But you're competing with everybody. Mm-hmm. I think it's great to go to Los Angeles if if that's the world. And you Andrew, want to who be do you in. think
2: are working on those uh, Canadian sitcoms? People who moved to Los Angeles that they tapped to come back and work.
1: In, Some of them, absolutely. <laughs> in my it's, producer Vince Tedesco
0: is one of them. He went to L.A. for a while. Listen,
1: <laughs> I remember interviewing Lorne Michaels, and where when he was approaching the CBC SNL, yeah. to do a show that eventually would end wow. up being Saturday Night Live. Wow! Uh, they said, "Well, you know, you know, if you're that good, why are you here?" And he said, Oh
2: yeah, why am I here? And left. And I don't think anybody would have that attitude today. No. But it's just about money. I was
1: gonna say, is that okay?
2: It's all about money. You've got a Canadian comedy channel that doesn't produce any comedy. I know. And only buys things. It's just
1: not and there's Australian actors right now talking about going to LA. And there's British actors right now talking about going to LA. So you're just saying that still goes to LA. Okay. So Because at least if you're not
2: working you've got a good tan.
0: Let's talk about what it takes to make it in L.A. or anywhere, actually, for that matter. We're going to talk with Andrew Clark and Mark Breslin about that after the break. I'm Santa Carusi on Talk Radio AM 640.
3: Hey, this is Russell Peters, and you're listening to Sandra Juicy (laughs) Carusi.
0: Santa Carusi Inside Jokes, Talk Radio AM 640. We're with Andrew Clark and Mark Breslin. And they are grand poobas of comedy in Canada. Do you like that? The grand poobas, Water I'm Poo, Buffalo, he's
2: bah. yeah. Bah, Mark Breslin, <laughs>
0: Andrew Clark. I want to know what does it take ultimately, uh, as we get into this last segment of the show. What does it take to make it? Let's go in Canada, and and is it the same thing that to make it in L.A.? Mark Breslin.
2: Well, in Canada, we've always um, leaned toward the rural in comedy, and if you take a look hmm. at an awful lot of the uh, funny shows on... Trailer so, Park? Yeah, Trailer Park's a great example. Letter the, Kenny? Uh, R- uh, Ron James. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a long list of, of those kinds of shows. It never hurts to come from a rural background. That's not so true in, uh, in wow. the United States. It's wow. a much more urban environment, and I'm not using that as a code word for black.
0: Yes, Andrew Clark. I think it's
1: tough. I don't think you can game the system too much, but... Um, if you're trying to do what you think they want, mm-hmm. even if you're able to do it, you'll be too late and they will want something else by the time you've figured it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the people I've seen who, who would quote unquote have made it, I think they have a very firm idea of, of what they want to do. Mm-hmm. They play well with others in terms of a work environment. Mm-hmm. And That's then they key just, too. And then they just set about the process of doing it one show at a time mm-hmm. without getting too obsessed with the outcome. And then over time, good things can happen. If you're too obsessed with making it, whatever that yes. means, you'll never be able to survive the long process. And and also, yeah. more tragically, you won't even enjoy it. Um, ta- we have a lot of comedians or writers who come up and talk ab- about their process. And often what I'll hear people say is, mm-hmm. I think it was Dave Thomas who said this, I wish I'd enjoyed it more. I wish I'd known wow. what a special time it was but Mm -hmm. often you're so deep in it yeah you can't see that
0: dana gold said that at uh, just for last festival this past summer uh, when i was there and it's funny i interviewed i had the pleasure of interviewing kevin hart and i asked him what the qualities you respect in a comic and he said they have to work at it every day wake up write do something at it every day what would you say mark breslin the qualities you respect in a comic
2: um originality of course which Mm. i've i've Mm pointed to already Mm -hmm. um hard work i guess is important um but i would say that following your own fingerprint and the uniqueness that you have as your own human snowflake is possibly the most important thing Mm. i think people wake up in the morning they decide to go to a comedy club because they see individuals acting as individuals eccentric um speakers of truth Mm-hmm. Um, that you don't get in the real world because everyone's lying to you mm-hmm. um, whether nice. you're whether you're uh, you know it's your boss or your wife or your mm-hmm. husband or your kids it's we live in a, a web of lies yeah Kardashian you, world you, yeah. you go to uh, a place like Yak Yak you go to a comedy club and for a brief hour and a half people speak the truth or some variant of it mm-hmm. so I respect Refreshing. anybody who speaks their truth whatever that happens to be
0: nice nicely said Andrew well I mean we're, we're
2: about to start auditions right at, at Humber um And
1: the thing that I always look forward to is being surprised. Mm -hmm. So for me in comedy, if if a comic can surprise me, Mm -hmm. that's one of the most important things.
0: Like who surprises you?
1: Well, I mean, any great comic, even someone like what we just mentioned, Norm MacDonald, who I've seen many times, I'll still be blown away by whatever he's doing. And he'll still find a way to to surprise me. That I think is a real gift. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I can watch old Seinfeld episodes in the same way that I might watch an old... Uh, sports clip of an mm-hmm. athlete at a high level mm-hmm. I know exactly what they're going to do but I'm enjoying someone doing it at that high of a level mm-hmm. so that's the other thing I, I'm a real technique fan but that I think comes from you know being a bit of a comedy nerd and yes uh, you know that I'm that kind of thing
0: nerd. um Mark Breslin when I spoke to you before I asked you kind of who you nobody wants to pick one comic either one of you I know but at that time last summer you said to me you're looking at Aaron Berg someone to watch out for who would you say it is now Aaron Berg. Okay, really?
2: <laughs> well, I don't know. Things don't change much in six months. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I since since I mentioned Aaron mm-hmm. at that point, um, he just set the world's record for the Guinness World Record for the num- most highest number of sets done in one night, mm-hmm. uh, which I think was thirty-two sets wow. in New York on one night. He did it through bus, uh, car, skateboard. Wow, it, it, that's a talent. Yeah,
0: the stamina. Andrew Clark. Who, who are we looking out for? Well, there's a lot, of, a lot of
1: people I don't like to be wishy-washy. I um, I'm a big fan of a recent graduate of ours, uh, Caitlin Langelier, who's now at Yuck Yucks. Nice. Uh, Headliner
0: there? Not yet, but not I yet. mean, you know, give her okay. time. But
2: she's a lesbian you can love. There you go. She's a lesbian that doesn't scare you. And um, <laughs> no, that's- Okay, I'm not a diff- lesbian,
0: but I scare everybody. So how does that work?
2: Well then I don't think you do too well as a comic. <laughs> no, it's it's interesting. You want to be if if you're serious about what yes. you just said, yeah. you want to be just provocative enough to yeah. make people sit forward, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be so provocative that yeah. just they won't come back.
0: Yes. Yes, So, um we're going to be uh, I really first of all thank you guys. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Let's talk about uh what uh let's plug away here. Mark, what projects are you working on? What do you got going on? Um
2: some new clubs? Uh, But not in the area out west.
0: Vancouver or Victoria, right?
2: Uh, Victoria, we're looking at Kelowna. Nice. Um, So we're doing that. I've got a screenplay in development about the early years of YuckYucks, which is kind of think of it as the social network. Yes. But. Played ah. played for really low stakes yeah. by re- by psychopaths.
0: Fascinating, all the same though.
2: So so I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a one man show. I've not been on stage in a very long time, Ooh. and this time I'm working with a musician and, and a band, and it's going to be involved music. And I'm hoping to get it up for the Fringe next year.
0: Oh, fabulous! That's we'll be looking forward to that. You keep us posted yeah, on I that, won't. Andrew. What do we? Well,
1: right now we're we're underway in this in the college, and we're auditioning. So people are interested you can go oh, to good. HumberComedy.ca and. Mm-hmm. Find out what we're all about. So I always look forward to seeing you know the new talent. Mm-hmm. And also I've got a column I write every uh, week in the Globe and Mail about driving humorous column about driving called Road Sage. So I just drive <laughs> around the, the 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 city getting frustrated and then trying to be funny about it, which I enjoy.
0: Here are your listings this week. We always encourage you to visit live comedy. Uh, Vince and uh, Tom, the tech here with me, and we we're always on the street looking out for you. So please send us your independent shows too that you're producing. Um, Monday, Alt Dot Comedy Lounge at the Rivoli, the Corner Open Mic at Corner Comedy Club. Tuesday events. What's that one you told me about? Uh, comedy
2: on College at the Poor Boy Pub. College picking up some nice, uh, nice steam on the comedy circuit. Uh, a lot of good comics coming there. Had the McDonald hosts a weekly event oh, at
0: cool. the Poor Boy. And Yuck Yucks has their new talent on Tuesdays in Toronto. Thursdays in Mississauga. Always check out the new talent. Glenn Foster does his Thursday nights, the Bullhorn Comedy Night in Burlington uh, at the Black Bull. And I'll be there one of these Thursdays soon. Um, And let's not forget... We're coming up. but Tommy Tech, where do you go to check out your comedy fix?
3: Well, I love to check out all the places around town. I love checking out sketch. I like checking out stand-up. So the places I like to go definitely are Comedy Bar or the Social Capital Theater. Great spot to check out live local comedy.
0: Yeah, with Jillian English, Brie Watson do their sketch stuff. But you go on the other nights. They also do it there. May 3rd, Underground Comedy Club with Dave Martin and Chantel Marostika, Daniel Woodrow, Ashley Moffat and Hunter Collins. May 6th, I'll be out with Laurie Elliott and Gina Yashira at Ladies Out Laughing. May 22, the East End Comedy Review at the Duke with Mike McDonald, Matt O'Brien, Julia Latkwitz, Evan Carter, and special guests Nigel Grinstead and Courtney Gilmore. We had Matt and Julia, the cute couple of comedy in here, uh, one of our first shows, so uh, it's nice to see them out and about. Stay tuned for our Comedy Rx. It's Yuck Yuck's 40th anniversary and we celebrate them here. A huge Yuck Yuck's alumni, Howie Mandel, he is your Comic Rx. (laughs)
3: Finally, now, I do these interactive CD-ROMs or Little Howie's Great Word Adventure and Math Adventure for kids where they can learn things and stuff. And they finally have a different voice. They finally let me talk like this. <laughs> it sounds like I was in a terrible helium accident. Before I was in comedy, I used to go to the emergency room with that voice. I swear, I used to walk in and, and up to the counter, i go, um, can I see a doctor? <laughs> and they would say, what's the problem? What do you mean, what's the problem? Okay, here's, here's what happened. I'm at a birthday party. And there's a, I wasn't the only one. They had balloons. There's a lot of balloons. And everybody was doing it. We all took the balloons. And we untied them. And we sucked in the air, we, were, we were all took it we we're all having fun, we we're all going, hey, listen to me, listen to me, hey. <laughs> and within like a minute, maybe a minute and a half, everybody's voice went, went back to normal. <laughs> this was about two, two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> So I am very concerned. <laughs> you know, I'm a grown man. It's coming out of every orifice now. I can't do this on command, but even when I, when I pass wind, <laughs> it's like a high little toot. It like uh,
0: Awesome, and you could always uh, contact us here. I want to thank uh, producer Vince Tedesco and our technical producer Tom. Contact us at uh, Instagram or Twitter at insidejokes 640 on Facebook, and uh, or check out my website sandercarusi.com. Thanks for listening each week on the world of comedy here on Inside Jokes Talk Radio AM 640.